One thing to you, Karen, before you agree to meet me at a restaurant, please let me know you have three children. Yeah. Put that in the profile. That yeah. one was on you, and I'm glad I slipped out without paying the bill. <laughs> From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Take that, Karen. It's Black Hitler Month on the New York City Crime Report. We're celebrating with coverage of the trial of Black Hitler as a secret witness breaks down on the witness stand saying she was sure she was going to die at the hand of the sinister pimp. Sorry about that. No, no problem. I was really cooking, though. Yeah, I know. You really had a guy just really... But you, 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 the thing is, a lot of people would be upset about losing a take like that. But you, 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 it's, I got, I got a day's worth of that shit. Watch this. From the small, from the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. It's Black Hitler Month on New York City Crime Report. We're celebrating with coverage of the trial of Black Hitler as a secret witness breaks down on the witness stand, saying she was sure she was going to die at the hand of the sinister pimp, who, she says, lived up to his name. Chilling testimony, the now 24-year-old woman said, Black Hitler threatened to reach down her throat and pull out her heart, hang her upside down, and skin her alive. Of course, she couldn't be skinned alive once her heart was pulled out. But let's go with it. She says he once pinned her down and shoved a rolled up newspaper down her throat. And that's when he revealed his true identity and nature for the first time. He said, I'm going to kill you. You don't know who I am. I'm Black Hitler. Joining me now, Jimbo. Hello. What if uh, Black Hitler, I think, is getting railroaded here? <laughs> do you now? I do. Uh, what, what what do you base that on? Well, as as the story unfolds, we'll we'll certainly ah, we'll okay. certainly touch on that. But first, how have you been? Oh, pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. Been enjoying being taped on the Kumia Network. The Kumia Network, oh, yeah, good show we had last time. I really enjoyed that. You're right. Uh, you and me, and uh, who else? We had Jackie Martling. Yeah, we had Jackie up there with us, and then we also went to our Long Island correspondent and right, uh, yeah. and um, our Anthony. racist correspondent. Yeah, yeah, a couple of Anthony's, the Anthony, yeah. the Anthony brothers. <laughs> Yeah, quite a show. Come over there. That's uh, New York City Crime Report on, which you can watch it now on, on the Kumia Network, and, and that's uh, anthonykumia.com. I'm glad that uh, that you could come on. Because that, uh, that show is really funny, and it needs a little bit of, uh, uh, you know, gravitas, you know. So that's where you come in. Something not as funny <laughs> to kind of <laughs> give it some gravity, but some heft and, you know, and something that people can, can go, oh, you know what, that sounds true. I, I, I think that was as good a compliment as that bio <laughs> you wrote of me. <laughs> Well, listen, he told her he's called Black Hitler, and after the magazine ass assault, she said that she thought she was going to die that night. Uh, and then I, apparently they asked her how, you know, with a follow-up question. Yes, yes. In which she says, well, I didn't know how. Maybe I was going to choke on my own spit and die. Or from him. I don't know which one, she added nervously. That, to me, <laughs> sounds... I don't know, weirdly suspect how, how after one assault, he brought her uh, to the shower and watched uh, and he watched her bathe as he launched into a, a sinister lecture. It says he sat on the toilet. This is from the witness. He sat on the toilet seat 
And he just sat there talking about how I don't know him. And he was talking about different scenarios of me dying, how he could hang me upside down and skin me alive. I wonder if any adult person feels that that's a real threat coming from somebody. Even a guy who calls himself Black Hitler. Well, and is a pimp. Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess that's what he's being charged with, so I don't want to say he's a pimp yet, but he sounds like a pimp. And it seems like they have some evidence against him being a pimp, and... uh, you know, there's that whole uh, theory of psychological control, and, you know, usually people who are hookers are not of the most stable and rational mind. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm not sure I'm really on your railroad bandwagon well, just, just yet here for well, Black Hitler. This is, uh, this, I'm just saying this is the beginning of it. This okay. Is just, uh, how did she get here? Taking shit off Black Hitler. But but what you're saying, though, before before we move on, you, you're saying she could conceivably think, oh, this is... That that's a real. That I'm going to be skinned alive and hung upside down. I'm not sure specifically, but I'm not sure that the threat has to be taken specifically. You can fear you're going to die, and if the guy's saying, you know, I'm gonna, you know, fucking shove a nuclear bomb down your throat, obviously that's idiotic. He's not gonna do that, but mm-hmm. you could still be afraid for your life. So I, I'm not, I'm not convinced that you mm-hmm. are that I he see. could be skinned alive. That's so. some of your legal mumbled mumbo. Yeah, that's my my end around rationality. Uh, that, that that it's it's what leads the the, the gravitas, the gravity to the show that you needed. That's I, that's what I I'm here for because I'm not the funny one. I do understand. You're 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 filled with gravity. He was uh this this guy Black Hitler. How did he how did he come into contact with this when she dropped out of college? And uh, because you know you don't need an MBA to sp- to sell pussy. Uh, wh- listen to how well I can deliver that line. She dropped out of college because you don't need an MBA to sell pussy. Well done. She uh, she would come from Rochester to the city to meet Johns, as so many of them do. That's all we need here in the city is another hooker coming from out of town. Coming from Rochester. Well, you know, it's the problem with immigration. They come down here. They take the local hookers' jobs. <laughs> well, Rochester is practically Canada. Yeah, it Rochester. is really far. She comes down, and, and she attracted the attention of Black Hitler. Uh, he was impressed with her when he found out that she had just earned 500 big ones for a night with a man in a midtown high-rise. And um, the reason that it was surprise, uh, surprising, why it was so impressive, why, you know, $500, ago, that's not a lot for a hooker, but she's heavy set. That's why <laughs> that's the word that the that's the New York Daily News describes her as heavy set. Uh, and then she has a quote. The witness gives this quote about, uh, the, you know, and this comes from Black Hitler. You got five hundred dollars and you're fat, said Black Hitler, according to the witness. Now, you know, it's almost obviously, poetry. Ob- <laughs> obviously, Black Hitler, you know, is, is not going to mince words. He put her to work and he let her move in to his four bedroom subsidized apartment on 23rd Street's. In Manhattan, right here, and 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 live with him and his grandson, who he's raising. His grandson calls him dad. He doesn't call him, you know, Black Hitler, like we do. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't call my father Tim either. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> please, my father's Black Hitler. Yeah, it's call me Tim. Uh, for his protection and care, uh, you know, uh, she gave him a hundred percent of the money that she earned. I guess that's how it works with a pimp. You you give him what he asks for, and you do as he says. This lasted for about a year and a half. He acted not only as her pimp, but her personal trainer. Paid for her tummy tuck so that she could earn $900. Yes, more. That's Because that's the best of both worlds. When you get rid of the gut, uh, you shape her up, and she looks great. But she still has a fat girl brain. Well, the fat also, girl brain is what you want. You've also got to, uh, I mean, you've got to... You know, you got to invest in your business if it's expected <laughs> to grow, and um, or in this case, shrink. Yeah, and that tummy talk, you know, I'm sure it paid for itself, you know, in, in a very short amount of time. 
they've definitely got the pimping charge, it sounds like. They're going to have some trouble with the sex trafficking charges that they may have against this guy. What's the difference? Um, sex trafficking actually requires kind of like a like an almost slavery, like a white slavery or a black slavery or in any kind of slavery type uh, uh-huh. mentality where you're literally like, a black Hitler Like slavery. almost like a false imprisonment sort of situation that's utilized for sexual purposes. Or like um, a concentration camp. Yeah, I mean, well, the idea behind sex trafficking is sort of like, you know, those Russian syndicates that bring people overseas, keep them under lock and key, work them up and down clubs up the east. Very common. Yes, uh, she still has a fat girl brain, though. And, and when, when a fat girl has a skinny body with fat girl self-esteem and eagerness to please, that's you, she can lose the weight, but can she shake it, you know? So then you say they're going to have trouble with the sex trafficking. Okay. Uh, I mean, it sounds as if that's what she's really emphasizing here, and that's a 25-year sentence, right? Well, yeah, that's a much more significant charge than promoting prostitution, which is mm-hmm. almost certainly what it sounds like they've got him. When they've had him in jail for a couple of years, you know, waiting trial. Well, if I remember correctly, though, that's somewhat his own fault, too. He got out and then got put back in. Yeah, he got out, he got put back in. Did he also, like, fire three lawyers and, and create a big scene? I, I remember there was something about this. So You know, he did, uh, you know, kill, and I have s- no kill res- six million Jews. You know. <laughs> oh, wait, no, that's, that's, that's real Hitler. Oh, yeah, real Hitler, right. He, uh, no, he, he, he rejected a plea deal that would have had him out in three years. He's been in for almost two. Mm-hmm. I mean, not almost two, but, like, closer to two than one. And, and uh, the, the plea deal would have been for three years. That was in May 2000. 2014. So yeah, he'd still be, you know, uh, but with good. Uh, I don't know what. Uh, how how long is three years really? Does um, it with with uh, what good behavior or whatever? Yeah, is that I even mean, real? No, it is absolutely. In, in New York State, actually, on sentencing, if you're on a nonviolent offense, you usually serve two thirds of your overall sentence up to the maximum. Um, if it's a violent offense, mm. then you serve actually six sevenths, and if it's a drug-related s- offense, it's five sevenths of the overall sentence. Okay. I have a whole chart made up. I didn't realize we were doing this. I would have brought it, and well, I would have no, told you almost exactly what he would have done. Well, it's hardly necessary because I think that if it's two thirds, he would be out in two years, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing, though. <laughs> it's 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 never that easy. Um, two thirds of an indeterminate sentence. So it's only two thirds of the maximum on the indeterminate. So when somebody does, for example, that's even better though. One and a third to four years, you actually do a full one and a third years before you see a parole hearing. Mm. But if you're held to your maximum, you would do two thirds of the four years. Now here's a little trick for you math people out Mm -hmm. there to figure that out: multiply the top number on an indeterminate sentence by eight, and you'll come up with the number of months the guy's actually going to do. So if he does one and a third to four. Take four, multiply it by eight, he'll do 32 months. Do you have, like, a chart? I, I do, yes. You know, uh, I think that he wanted his day in court is why he rejected the plea uh, offer. Well, how's I that th- going? Well, I think that he really wanted to. Well, you see, it's hard to say because it depends on, I guess, she, this uh, story was written prior to her cross-examination, and uh, I don't. I guess she would be the only witness or one of only the, the only witnesses, so... Uh, there's no, there's no oh one no, else involved. Be, I'm sure there'll be other witnesses. Um, there probably may not be any other hooker witnesses, mm-hmm. but there may be John testimony. There may be, I, I, if I remember even, I think this was an undercover situation. So you probably have the undercover police. I don't know. I, I don't. I think she just reported him. I oh really? Well, I mean, they, they have had an eye on him for a while. Uh, well, and, and here's one more thing. I mean, is is she really? Is is she entirely honest? Is she exaggerating? Black Black Hitler's. Hitlerness. I mean, the the same woman also uh, accused him of of uh, rape. She accused him of uh, mm-hmm. not only assaulting and threatening her, but but rape. Those charges were dropped uh, when it was determined that she wasn't credible. State mm-hmm. Supreme Court Justice Jill Conviser said she reviewed the grand jury minutes. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and uh, determined that, that her credibility, the alleged credibility of the, uh, or the, <laughs> the alleged victim's credibility was problematic. She said, there is no evidence that black Hitler, either personally or while acting in concert with another, engaged in sexual intercourse with the complaining witness. So, I mean, yeah, look, her credibility is going to be a significant problem as it is. And you said you're right. I mean, I do think you're right that he probably does want his day in court. Pimps are like that. They're notorious for that. They are. Yeah, they always, they're used to being able to control people. They're used to being able to control a process. They think if they can get their chance to say their, say their piece, they can talk their way out of it. That's how they make their living. That's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's now that's, that's usually the street pimps. Like, I mean, large-scale madams or brothel owners are much smarter. They shut their mouths, let the lawyers work out the deal, and do your it's, time. It's sort of like, a, like a, 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 a black Hitler said, she said. I suppose it is. Hence, where Black Hitler really works <laughs> against you. He faces 25 years on the top charge of sex trafficking. He's also charged with assault and endangering the welfare of a child. Now, I, now I get really fed up hearing about that. Endangering the welfare of a child. Maybe someone should. Maybe it's time these kids got off welfare and got a job. <laughs> Police officer Jamal Miller. He's made more than 450 arrests in Bedlam, Crivescent in his 10-year career, 79th Precinct Cop of the Month, three times, repeatedly accused of excessive force. That's why, That's how you get to be Cop of the Month. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, I mean, uh, this is why you need body cams. Look, false allegations are made all the time against cops. You accuse somebody of somebody, they accuse you right back. Most of them are complete crap. Mm -hmm. If he really is the Cop of the Month, he's really good, and these are all bullshit allegations because he's such a good cop, well, guess what? If you had a body cam... You'd be able to vindicate yourself every single time. Yep, those body cams can really come in handy. Uh, he was uh, accused of pulling a gun on a panhandler, uh, threatening prisoners, and conducting unjustified street stops. Now, that's something that New York City cops just do not do. Yeah, they're in my experience. Yeah, no, I mean, it's... <laughs> it's a black man on the street. I, I, would like I can to tell you. I would like to defend him on one thing. Um, pulling a gun on a panhandler. Yeah. It's like a dog licking its own balls. If you could, you would. Sometimes people are panhandlers, and there are other things, too. Mm -hmm. I mean, that makes no difference to me how a man makes his living. You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah, there, there's a... Just so that your business does not conflict with my business. Exactly, yeah. And that happens uh, often, you know, that a panhandler's business will conflict with the business of a, a, a police officer. Well, actually, on the way over here tonight, I took the subway as, uh, you know, my effort to mingle amongst the commoners. Ooh, what was that like? Oh, it was, uh, well, it was dreadful, um, but uh, mm, yeah, didn't is. really care for it. Mm. Nobody's very helpful. There was one of those panhandlers that, that I called them the zombie panhandlers. They make their presence felt without really doing anything. Their heads sort of slowly move around, and they look. And you know it's coming. But they really let you linger at anticipation. So I quickly put my headphones in, even though my cell phone was dead, and uh, pretended I'm listening. So the woman comes right up to me and is, excuse me, sir, can you give me some spare change? Huh. Sir? Sir? Excuse, excuse me, sir. And it's like, you know what? No. Now if I, pulled, if I could pull a gun, I absolutely would. Because let's be frank at this point. There's a social contract. I don't, I'm like you, how anyone makes their living. I have clearly indicated my unwillingness to give you whatever you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Now is not the time to interrupt me. It's also poor strategy. I mean, I wonder, has that ever worked? But it must, because they keep doing it. At, 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 a, at a conclusion of an administrative trial, uh, they, he allegedly violated the rights of five people in, in separate incidents. And also they say he drew a gun on it. 
Did he draw a gun, or was he sitting there in plain clothes and just lifted his shirt up to show the person, yeah, I've got a gun, fuck off. Now, have you ever dealt with these, uh, with, with them on any level, I mean, in, in conjunction with a case that, that, civilian that you were review? defending? Yeah. Well, I've certainly sent some cases to civilian review um, okay. when my client wanted to, but um, where I usually use them is their findings often exhibit useful cross-examination material. Ah. So, like, for example, if this is the arresting officer in one of my cases, I can now go and pull the records from civilian review, see when he's been cited for other incidents, see what the results of those were, and sometimes, if you're lucky, even get good testimony in which the person said stupid things. Mr. Miller. Yeah. Isn't it true that on this particular date you conducted an unwarranted car stop? I did not. So when the civilian review board found that you did, they would be lying, not you. That's right. So, I mean, there's things like that that, that you can utilize out of civilian review. I'm a good cop. Do they say that? No, they would. Or is that just a title? I love it when they say that. (laughs) That's the best thing is when they say it's a good cop because now I can, they've literally opened the door for me to bring in all the civilian review stuff that says they're not. I see. Because now you you have to be uh, trying to confirm uh, the reality of what he said. I'm essentially impeaching a state. So, hey, if you're out there and Jamal Miller crosses your path, you know what? Give him a big salute and a thank you for being the official police officer of uh, Black Hitler Month. But I, I've used, I was going to show you this app that I've got. It's um, Safe View NYC. Oh yeah? oh, yeah, you were mentioning this but earlier. Yeah, it's the thing. It's like you can see uh, where the crimes have been for the last month. You go like, oh, right. you know what? I'm going to avoid that neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> and and you say, one of those would be Bedlam Crivescent. A lot of times they do have a lot of... Uh, um, crime over there you know it's a high crime area you can see well half of it is and this is where that app would really come in handy Mm -hmm. because you could even know the specific areas that you could go to because when you know your hipster friend invites you to his newly purchased brownstone because he's some sort of modern day settler who has to (laughs) venture into the wild east of brooklyn yes um he can uh he can uh go there and you can determine if you're going to accept his dinner party invitation or make up some bullshit excuse not to go based on what you see yeah on safe view right yeah because if it's uh you know if if there's been a lot of armed robberies there if there's been you know uh, yeah then then you know what you you might just uh go during the day you know uh it's uh it it is cool to see the map is like highly uh, super functional too. I mean, you can get around like that. Even just having the map is interesting. Uh, that's that's well put because sometimes like the Bronx sure. as well. The whole Bronx isn't isn't you know crime and shootouts no. all the time. Only nine tenths of it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I went up to the Edgar Allan Poe house up there. Oh, did you? I'm, I'm a fan of his writing, and I went Gothic to tour. romanticism. You're yeah, a fan. It was, it was yes, quite a bit. Mm. Um, it was uh, it was. Uh, Nice little tour. Really enjoyed it. Went down to Arthur Avenue, had lunch at a d- lovely little Italian bistro. And you know, I, I if knew, I'd had the Safe View app, I, I would have felt a lot better about it. Well, I knew. <laughs> well, you enjoyed yourself. That's the I main did, thing. Yes. But uh, what what was the name of the place? Do you remember? I do. I think it was Roberto's. Roberto's. It was mostly a brick oven pizzeria, but I actually got uh, I got the linguine, and it was uh, quite good. You know, I um I've heard forever about how great. Arthur Avenue. It is really is nice for Italian food. Yeah, and for Italian food, for just the concept of an open air Italian market, really nice hand rolled cigars, mm. um, fresh vegetables, handmade cheeses. It's mm. it's like you get a sense. It's it's probably as close as you're going to be to being in the scene in The Godfather when you're Robert De Niro. Oh, <laughs> Godfather, <laughs> Godfather Two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Godfather Two. Sorry. Yeah. When yeah, we to being Robert De Niro in that without any of the risk. Yeah. You don't have to be the head of a crime family. Yeah, you don't have to run around Don Fanucci. You don't have to worry about getting cholera. And you don't have to ride a unicycle. 
Yes. Or have a handlebar mustache. Or a little monkey with an organ grinder. Yeah. Although uh, that would have been a nice touch. <laughs> Who doesn't love a monkey? This Arthur Avenue is what part of the Bronx? It's kind of the middle of the Bronx, actually. It's it's Central the middle end. to the east. Um, it's It was south. Uh, here's how I reference. It's north of Yankee Stadium, south of Valentine Avenue, right off the Grand Concourse. Mm-hmm. Um, not actually very easy to get to by subway. No. See, I want what I did is I took the subway up to the uh, Edgar Allan Poe house, and then I just grabbed one of those gypsy cabs down to Arthur Avenue. I see. And I told the guys, like, please, good God, take me to Arthur Avenue and do not stop anywhere prior to that. And um and and Abdul Habib said it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> he said yeah. that this neighborhood is as is safe as Dubai, which is a reference I assume he understood. He must have the uh, he must have the same app, the Safe View app. SafeViewNYC.com. If, if anybody wants to check it out, go to uh, yeah, SafeViewNYC. I've been messing around with it. It's a lot of fun. I think you guys are getting the picture here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good app. The New York City Crime Awards uh, are happening. Oh, now. God. Boy, this is my favorite time of year. Not only is it Black uh, Black Hitler Month, but this is uh, this is when we do the, the NYC Crime oh Awards. God. Many, we didn't have that many categories. Last year was like eight or something. Yeah, but see, the thing about last year was is we scheduled two live shows. We did two separate podcasts on the New York City Crime Awards. Mm-hmm. It, I, I'm getting hives. It was, a, it was a rather lengthy two-month process of getting the New York City Crime Awards out. So let, let's dive in here. Let's do it. Uh, the most inspiring bank robber uh, nominees. Kel- first one is Kelvin Dennison. He's uh, 23 years old. Cripple bank robber. Queens bank rollery. Uh, cops were called when someone spotted the uh, criminal cripple. At the hospital, he was recognized from a surveillance photo. A gritty, wheelchair-bound Dillinger rolled away with over $1,200 from a Santander bank in Astoria. A Santander bank in Astoria. Well, that's, uh, you know, this is this is really a case against the Americans with Disabilities Act. <laughs> <laughs> These aren't wheelchair accessible. Uh, this this wheelchair-bound Dillinger is uh, tackled at the one-yard line, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> Do you suppose he was pulling, like, a little wagon with his wheelchair, a little flag hanging off of it? This guy is inspiring. He says, you know, just because I'm in a, in a wheelchair, that doesn't mean there's anything I can't do. I'm handicapable, <laughs> Turkey. <laughs> you know, handicapped up. is actually somewhat of a derogatory term. I looked at the origin of it. Mm-hmm. Disabled it is what we say now. Yeah, yeah, because it used to be that they would hold their cap in their hand to beg because they couldn't work. So that's where the term handicapped came Hand decap. That is really... Isn't that a nice piece that of cannot, trivia? That, is that true? Yeah, that's it's. I got that from a book on origins of words and phrases. He's disabled. Sheriff's another good one. What's sheriff? Um, in England, they used to call villages um, shires, and the law enforcement office wa- officer was called the Reef from the Germanic influence, because mm-hmm. that's what basically cop is in, in German, is Reef. Mm-hmm. And so he was the Reef of the Shire, or the Shire Reef. And don't, wor- and don't worry about making it this entertaining, because it's all coming out. I, I figured as much. <laughs> Kelvin Dennison, 23. Uh, uh, nominee number one for most inspiring bank robber. Number two uh, is a guy who is a filmmaker and certainly an certainly an unusual bank robber uh, to say the least. A lot of people rob banks for money. This guy does it for art. He doesn't produce anything that you can take home. Uh, you know, like the Mona Lisa or a, a urinal. You know, <laughs> nice nice uh, Marcel Duchamp reference Thank there. You, yeah. Well, this guy Joseph Gibbons, avant-garde filmmaker, former lecturer at. Uh, MIT. He's taken it to a new extreme. Pleaded guilty to burglary this week after he robbed a bank in Manhattan. Filmed the robbery for use in a future project. He told his cellmate uh, that, that he was doing research for a film 
You know, it's not a crime. It's artwork. He's an intellectual. Well, you know, I mean, this is from his cellmate, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, according to the post. Yeah, I, I get it. You know, there's a certain realism there that you try to capture in film. Mm-hmm. I probably would have gone through the extra steps, rent out the bank, utilize extras and real actors, and uh, probably just produced a scene rather than actually commit a robbery. Well, then you're no better than some sort of an ID crime reenactment at that point. You know which, who would be- I, which I love, which I love, but that does not make it art. Yeah, you know what? You know what? Um, you know what? Um, who would be a big fan of this? I think. Who's that? Uh, Sean Penn. I'll, I'll tell you somebody else who would be a big fan of this, though, and that is, uh, oh, Holly Van Vost. Oh, uh, yeah, this is the Holly sort of Van stunt. Uh, this this yeah, has Holly uh, written all would, over. She would have done this, but she would have done it topless. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I, I look, I'm not for anybody ruining a comedy show, uh, as Holly Van Vost. Uh, a topless <laughs> performance artist who would show up with a mustache painted on and just uh, sort of make a lot of noise every once in a while with no, with no top on. Sometimes uh, just go to jail just for, for being topless, which you're not supposed to in New York City. You can be topless. Yep. Um, that's no. uh, that, Anyway, he got away with $1,002 New Year's Eve. Hmm. I still like the handicapable one. That's that's the one I'm pulling for, but it's not up to me. Mm-hmm. It's you, the uh, listener, I suppose. Well, you go to crimereport.nyc to vote on these. I mean, it's pure, pure democracy here. Crimereport.nyc. And, and, and yes, of course, I don't have any money writing on this. No. Anthony Felder, 45, robbed three banks. It's kind of a boy named Sue situation. Bank robber from the Bronx who told cops that he wanted to be like Jesse James and John Dillinger. Except for Tiffany Felder doesn't just really ring out with the same terrifying <laughs> impetus that somebody like a Jesse James. No, yeah. That outlaw Frank and Jesse James as opposed to that outlaw Tiffany. <laughs> you Do you think he's alone now? <laughs> Scored only uh, in his first of, of the three tries, dealing $300 from uh, an Apple bank. He was arrested, Tiffany, uh, about an hour later after his alleged... Uh, after after two alleged failed tries, and he was he only had thirty seven dollars on him. He he claimed that he had handed out most of the money to people on the street. Oh, so that's where that's where he gets his entertainment. Is it sort of a Robin mm-hmm. Hood value here? Yeah, I suppose. It's three banks, three hundred dollars. Named Tiffany, and we have uh the first the first can- uh what nominee Kevin Dennison, crippled bank robber, and then we have Joseph Gibbons, avant garde filmmaker. Yeah, he kind of kind of declares it to be art. This is not even a real robbery. I'm an artist. That's an interesting way to try to get around a crime. That's sort of like a mattress girl doing porn. You know, it's not a rape, but it's actually rape. And if you watch it, you're raping me. Everybody who can hear my voice right now, you rape me. How about that? I could say that, can't I? You certainly can. I'm I'm not sure it's really the way we want to go with it. You just raped me but, by um, saying that that yeah. that statement. It wouldn't be the first. Well, a woman was raped by an eHarmony date. Cops are looking for a man who raped a woman he met on eHarmony. I'm going to talk about some of these stories that we talked about in the last episode because they're, I want to get your take on them. Okay. And by the way, the E, I suppose an eHarmony is, is for class E felony. <laughs> now, that's a legal joke. Yeah, it was a good one. Yeah. Except <laughs> for I'm thinking this is more of a CRB. Well, now, why would it be? Now, he met her and then and, and he forcibly raped her at gunpoint. Yeah, that's probably you're up into the B area. Well, I thought I thought E was like the worst. No, E is the lowest. E's the weakest. Really? Yeah, E's like you you, you banged a 15 year old you thought was 19. <laughs> so you're saying that's okay? Well, they're supposed to have like the the highest scientific compatibility rating of anybody. E harmony. Well, yeah, yeah, but apparently uh, one of their points of compatibility is gunpoint. Yeah, <laughs> that's the first sign, though, is because when they met, he met him. Uh, he they they arranged to meet at Port Authority bus terminal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 
That's already a highly suspicious. Let's get Cuffy at the at the Port Authority. You probably had to take a number to rape somebody there. There's the, all the good rape areas were taken at the Port Authority bus terminal. Sounds to me like they had the perfect rape place. There's a whole th- down there a, 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 a underground concrete spaces and tunnels that extends west of the Port Authority. She says she remembered seeing it like a train track or something like that. There's no trains. Yeah, on at it. this point, I'm pretty much abandoning the day. <laughs> well, that's, no, you don't. Understand. When he met the victim there, he says, "Let's get a hotel room." That's what you know. The first thing he said. And it's an interesting opening line. Yeah. That's it's kind of like your place or mine. Hey, if you can get her to meet you at Port Authority, you can get her to go to a fucking hotel room, I would think. But it doesn't work out that way in this case. She says, no way. Forced her down. Now, let me ask you that. Here's a question about the law. If somebody says, I have a gun at your back and it's not actually a gun, is that aggravated? Uh, yes, usually it is. Okay. I mean, if you reasonably cause them to believe that way. Force or threat of force is usually the term. Okay. Makes it aggravated. Yeah. I see. Okay. Interesting. So uh, he, he gets her down there. I, I mean, you know, I mean, unless she's a lawyer, I mean, she's probably thinking, oh, my God, I'm going to get killed or raped. Yeah. Oh, my God, I'm about to be the victim of a class B. Felony. I'm, I'm probably thinking, boy, am I going to sue the shit out of E-Harmony. <laughs> <laughs> well, E-Harmony did not return a request for comment, a request for comment. They boast that 438 singles every day marry a match they made on its website and that only a very small percentage of them are raped. I, I didn't do so well when I was on eHarmony. You were on eHarmony. I did eHarmony for a very brief period of time. Yeah, and uh, th- because you uh, were not getting a lot of dates? No, I, I got some dates. I, I made a, a crucial error, and um, I made a crucial error because I had a higher view of myself than I really deserved to have. When you're going through the compatibility profile, um, they spend a little time like, how important are looks to you? Now, I can't emphasize potential eHarmony people out there. Even though it makes you seem shallow because you're like, oh, no, I really want to find someone of substance. Make sure you rate that the highest that you feasibly can. The whole family has a weight problem, not just Jabba. One thing to you, Karen, before you agree to meet me at a restaurant, please let me know you have three children. Yeah. Put that in the profile. That one was on you, and I'm glad I slipped out without paying the bill. (laughs) Take that, Karen. Uh, Three homeless men are suing New York City for evicting them from a street encampment. Now, I know that New York City has the most tenant-friendly laws in the world, but does it extend to these people who have a home on the street? <laughs> Here's the sad part. This is really going to get your, uh, your, 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 your red-blooded white male oh boy. blood yep. going. Ooh, I'm getting ready for it. Yeah, ready? All right. Yes. Oh, my God. It does, and it does because New York City is one of the few cities in the charter that actually considers housing a right protected for essentially like for New York City purposes constitutionally this is why even squatters have rights in New York City well I mean a street encampment come on yeah now I mean that's a little interesting but it's we're talking about they're living in a box a bunch of them are living in boxes near each other that's that's what I'm saying but this was very surprising to me when I first moved to the city because I came from Detroit Michigan where the solution to this is Two cops walk in, stomp all the boxes, and tell them to move along. Which is what happened. They they threw their things into a garbage uh, truck and and said uh, that's that. And now they want and they the the amount they're asking for. They said they lost one thousand five hundred fifteen dollars in in personal possession. That's actually, that's actually pretty modest. I mean, you you, you think about it. Like uh, you know. for a lawsuit, it's modest for their stuff. Oh, it's a lot. A bag bag of garbage. Well, but I mean, you know, they don't really see it as a bag of garbage. That woman probably thought she had, like, the Queen's jewels in that bag when she was playing with that old Dunkin' Donuts cup. Well, we're talking about three men. One of them is Jesus uh, uh, 
can find his name here. I and by the way, this is just not okay. You can't, even if you're clearing somebody out from a homeless encampment, you really can't take their personal belongings and throw them away under the authority of law. 42-year-old uh, Jesus Morales uh, uh, is uh, one of them. The other one is a guy named 61-year-old Floyd Parks. I feel like he's a journeyman boxer. Yeah. He's got that name. You know, like before you can really step to the next level, you got to fight Floyd Parks. Yeah. He's got one of those <laughs> records like 51 and 18. Yeah. <laughs> right. He wins most of the time, but yeah. he loses. Yeah, he loses to the really good <laughs> fighters, but beats everybody else. Right. You see him on Friday Night Fights a lot. You know, uh, they need the money to pay the lawyer. They want damages for emotional trauma. Uh, what's the emotional trauma of like, hey, sleep across the street? No, I you go think, there, you go there. I think this one actually might might have a little bit more weight than you've given it. I, I mean, the emotional trauma of losing the tiny amount of things that are all that you have in the world, mm -hmm. that actually could be pretty significant. Here's what I think happened. I think they said, hey, move this shit now mm -hmm. or we're going to move it for you. And they go like, fuck you. Go ahead. And then they were like, this is trash on the street. We're going to throw it away. And they're like, fuck you. That's what I think happened. I don't know that, but I'm saying if that did, does that change anything? No, I don't think so. I mean, there's still somebody. If they give them an opportunity to to take it someplace else, you can't just give somebody an opportunity then take their shit. I mean, it's 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 not that. You, I mean, to take somebody's personal belongings and and, and deprive them of it permanently, in their law, you do need a warrant to do that. You do need a reason. You either need a writ of replevin or you do need an actual seizure warrant written up in this particular case it may have looked like junk it may have some of it may have even been junk you think some of it they might have they might have been junk I'm, I'm, it may have been a bit of an understatement <laughs> but you know but one man's junk how much do you think they could they will they could conceivably get here i mean emotional stress oh. 10, well, tw 10 20 grand maybe really yeah, I mean, it's going to be a little hard when they say my life is significantly worse than it was prior to this happening when you were already in an encampment on the streets. Yeah. We we had a community. Yeah. <laughs> well, even the homeless people hate de Blasio, apparently. Well, I, you know, here's this thing about de Blasio. I feel bad for de Blasio. I actually do. But he comes with stupid ideas like round up the homeless. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, that's that's how I feel. I feel I used to think he was just like kind of facetious and condescending, but I'm really realizing I think he's just stupid. Personally, I think rounding up the homeless is the only good idea that he's had. See, here, here's the problem uh, with uh, with the Blasio, uh, according to the homeless, is that uh, he's he's like kidnapping them. This guy says, I'm praying to God because I don't believe in Mayor de Blasio. That's 47 year old Jesus Morales. I'm praying to God because I don't believe in well this guy's the son of god already <laughs> mr morales but that's the order you know it goes in i guess like do, do you really like if you don't believe in de blasio uh, or the, what if we had a good mayor like when w were you an atheist when, yeah. when when bloomberg was in office well i mean that's just it it's like i don't believe he's not a unicorn or like the tooth fairy i mean he's actually <laughs> the mayor of new york city i wish i could not believe in every politician that came along and so i didn't have to follow what they did but it doesn't really work that way no it doesn't this guy's been um homeless since 1999 so he's definitely seen them come and he's seen them go 
He's been homeless longer than anybody's been mayor. 16 years uh, and and going on 17. It's very sad, actually. Of I mean, that's obviously seriously mentally mental illness. And he's yeah. obviously the go obviously the go to guy for a quote here, though. Oh, he seems to be very popular in the quote department. Well, yeah, maybe gets himself a settlement, and uh, hopefully you believe in the court system because uh, you know, and and really under the De Blasio administration, you're much more likely to get a settlement here than you would have been under Bloomberg. It's something else. I mean, uh, you know, my friends who who are regularly engaged in civil lawsuits against the city. <laughs> it's, it's like a gold rush for them. Now you gotta, but no, I, I, I'm not really sure I agree with kidnapping the homeless every night. I think they should not round them up. I think they should not go out there with social workers. All you need, what do you have here? You have the homeless people, right? And you have the fire department who are sitting around playing cards, napping part of the day. I have firefighters, by the way, all you know, the New York bravest. Everybody loves them. Everybody loves them. And they would love them even more if we let them go out and put the hoses on the homeless. Hoses for homeless. They just go out there and just high power hose. Everybody's this encampment. We didn't throw it away. We were washing the building. Do you listen to that, Pat? Washing the building. That was our last listener <laughs> shutting down his computer. <laughs> hey, some people like law and order. In violent Brooklyn, expect the unexpected. Crime time. As I told you last time, 1718 Brownsville, Brooklyn, where four of five teens accused of raping an 18-year-old were released from jail. Brooklyn DA Ken Thompson wasn't ready to present evidence to the grand jury due to the shocking case. It becomes more bizarre by the day. As it really does. Weird continues to develop. Uh, he tries to make a, game ra a gang rape uh, out of a clusterfuck. And... Uh, <laughs> and here's what's known, the alleged victim and her dad were drinking beer in a secluded part of a park playground. Well, let me let me jump in on something really quick. The first thing is what happened is the case is still alive. It just hasn't been yeah, voted on by a grand jury. Exactly. But and if they, you don't do that in five days, by law, they have to be released. By the deadline, yes. yes. Okay, so it's called so 188. People have realized it's wildly impractical to send everything to a grand jury before you can file a charge. You know, you just shot somebody, a police officer chased you down, put the cuffs on you, it's... You can't say, all right, well, let's wake up 21 people and make them serve on a grand jury. So you file what's called a felony complaint, mm -hmm. which is a document that isn't sufficient because to make it sufficient, it has to go before a grand jury. And they give them this 18080 protection that if somebody's held in jail, they have to have their case reviewed within five days to determine whether they should be released or not because the DA has been able to make it sufficient or not. If you're not in jail, if bail's not set on you in this particular case, it's a much longer process. It's actually six months. Well, here's what's known. The alleged victim and her dad were drinking beer in a secluded part of a uh, park playground. That's Osborne Park, and they were on the playground uh, when the five teens came along and raped her. The 18-year-old woman and her dad, 39, had a troubled past. The dad's only 39 years old. The father abandoned her as a baby, and the two had just reunited. The teens say that when they came upon them in the park, uh, the mother and uh, the, rather the woman and her father were having sex. Uh, now, I, when I say they came upon them, I don't, they, I don't mean they, they came upon I, them. I think you know. everybody understood. But he what? missed a lot of uh, dance recitals and soccer games. He's just making up for lost time. It's the least he can do, I think. And things change. I mean, you can see how it can happen. You're catching up with your long-lost daughter. You're having a few beers in the playground. One minute, you're pushing her on the swing. The next thing you know, her, her ankles are behind her head, you know? I mean, it's... Uh, they say... He, he says that they pulled a gun on him and... and uh, told him to take off, and then took turns raping his daughter. They never found a gun. Yeah. They've been arrested in the rape um, because they were identified from a bodega video, but none of them were picked out of a lineup. 
uh, that that happened. So it's this becomes very difficult when when you introduce evidence like that. Also, one teen had cell phone footage depicting the woman with no pants on smiling and rocking on her knees. Now I know what you're going to say. Meaningless. And Bill Bratton seems to agree. I, I'm not sure I do agree that's meaningless. Really? Well, I mean, smiling on her knees, in addition to, like, no actual identification, plus the weird sort of conflicting accounts of the father who was obviously intoxicated. I mean, this is not a great case. I'd be interested to know what the physical evidence shows. Yeah, they have... Uh not gotten the results of the rape kit back. I mean, yeah, I, I, my gut is going to tell me there's a cell phone video which shows seemingly counter to a rape. The father seems like an astoundingly unreliable witness. I'm not sure I believe the whole we're having sex with his daughter thing. Um, well, there's but no proof that it's even her dad, exactly. I mean, I guess yeah, he... Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 this is a modern-day uh, Oedipus sort of tale, if you will. Mm, um, or Electra, to be more precise. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yes, I couldn't remember. Thanks, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, no. I mean, this has the um, this has the makings of that. Now, it's I I don't know. The physical evidence is really going to have to tell the tale, and um, it doesn't sound like it's going to be a very good solid gang rape. I will I will give it advice to anybody who's been arrested for anything ever, but specifically a violent rape. When you do the port perp walk, try to avoid a maniacal smile. <laughs> Because I remember looking at the cover of the Daily News on the on the perp walk of two of the kids mm-hmm. who were being perp walked, and it was really one of those, like, y- you really don't do that. I, I wanted to show you this, since we're talking about using the right photo yes. uh, in order to, to uh, you know, prosecute a thing, uh, and also the language that, that's used in a story. Now, this is a story about a woman who, uh, as you can see, she's charged in her boyfriend's murder, mm-hmm. uh, Castleton Corners, that's in Staten Island, Forgotten Borough, woman with a Shaolin stabbing. She uh, formally charged with murder, it says. This is from the uh, uh, from SILive.com, StatenIslandLive.com. It says, a Castleton Corners woman has been formally charged with murder and the fatal stabbing of her boyfriend following a dispute over another woman. And, and note the photo, okay? That's the photo. Now, in the Daily News, you see how she has her hair up. She has a nice light, uh, and um, she's smiling warmly. This one, similar smile, but hair down and a lot of cleavage. So I think this looks more maternal and sweet. I think this looks more like she's Mm. got her hair down at the dance. Now... I will say they're both very pleasant perp shots, though. Well, they come from her Facebook or something. Yeah. So now here's here's the headline in the Daily News. Read that headline. Okay, the Daily News headline, right? Staten Island woman stabs boyfriend to death after fight. Dash and alleged years of abuse. <laughs> and then uh, I think the one above it is the SI Live, which is which is Castleton Corners woman charged in boyfriend's murder. Very simple to the point. Mm-hmm. I, you know what the funny thing about this is, is this is a wonderful example of, of human perception because both of those headlines are not inaccurate. Of course. They're both, they both seem to have enough journalistic... Uh, factual to back them up but they really do put a very different spin on 31 year old woman stabbed her longtime boyfriend to death early saturday after years of abuse i don't think that belongs in the lead i think that that's like saying but she had a good reason and it was self-defense no they're definitely going with that angle that's clear they went so far in in this version the staten island version to say law enforcement law enforcement uh sources said that jimenez had been charged in two prior domestic incidents Involving Quinones. So 
uh, that's the the, uh, the the years of abuse. Uh, menace, yeah. Menacing in 2013, and for obstruction of breathing and assault in 2014. I mean, so there's some there is something to that. I mean, it's not yeah, that's what it's I'm saying. Not beyond a um, that's what I'm saying. But that's the way you report that. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the way you report that. And then the rest of the sentence, which falls mm-hmm. in between that, says, "But that uh, law enforcement forces said two incidences, uh, uh, excuse me, incidents, but that Quinones fatal attack Saturday." was not made in self-defense. Well, that's the law enforcement saying it. Yes. Yeah. Rather than her relatives. Right. Uh, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And I it mean, doesn't even allege that they say after years of abuse. That just means if somebody does, you know, after years of abuse, kill their spouse, and that's, you know, we're going to go ahead and say that's going to be the woman killing the man. 99 times out of 100 if this is years of abuse and then and well then just take i mean look at just take the, the let's just take the headline as they wrote it and assume that that's true for after the, years of abuse yeah how many years of abuse how many how many hard slaps in the face equal one life well this is where you this is where you have a problem with law is uh there's an idea that the law is a science and that it should be applied scientifically it's why we draft statutes why we make laws it's why we do things but unfortunately it never is it's not like gravity you throw a pencil in the air it will hit the ground every single time you and your gravity yep yep that's what i do i add gravity um but uh no it's um the problem you have here is is the answer is i don't know my answer would be when 12 people say it is i mean that's the idea is your charges your your crimes are your crimes are judged by a jury of your peers that's selected by your attorneys under a f- procedure of fairness now Battered women's syndrome is something they now teach in school because it has been established in the law. Now, a case I remember from law school, mm-hmm. and I've actually never utilized the battered women's syndrome defense, but it was essentially a woman who had been pretty well documented the victim of years and years of abuse by somebody. Physical abuse? Physical abuse, mental abuse, all sorts of abuse. Um, and then it was when, he, when, the, when the abuser, a man in this particular case, began to threaten harm to her children by another man, and um, she, she committed what actually was a pretty premeditated murder. And a jury, and later upheld by an appellate court, determined that, no, this, 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 in her mindset, her mindset was that this was a self-defense case, that there wasn't a guilty mind here. And remember, that's actually what the law always protects. It's usually, the law wants to know if you have a guilty mind, if you were of a criminal intent, if you were of criminal mens rea, is the term they use, to commit an act more than the act itself. Now, certain situations, the act itself is a crime. You know, DWI, you had your blood over a certain level, you were driving. Bingo. Done. Whether your intent is relevant there. Sometimes it's a science. That's why, technically, if you shoot somebody in self-defense, you didn't commit a crime. And that's that's what you kind of look at here. But this, what's the sliding scale? The answer is what you can convince 12 people is. In, in self-defense, or if you're convinced it's self-defense, yeah. there's no objective measure of that. No, I mean not, not, not like you're hoping, not like you want, not like people expect. Well, is this where you, a situation where you say, would a reasonable person think, and whatever that means you know, to a jury, that they were in danger of, uh, of losing their life, of, of, being, uh, you know, of, of eminently being killed? Um, yeah, kind of. Okay, and so, like, if, if they can go, like, well, she might have thought that, but that isn't reasonable. You still don't have a, a criminal mind, but you also have a situation where she could be found guilty, mm-hmm. correct? I think that w- the question is, like, when you said you're judging a criminal mind, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did they have 
that mindset to kill uh, to, to to where they didn't you know where they really thought they're not not what you're describing where like oh just idiotically I'm firing into yeah, a wall yeah. and I'm too stupid to know better, but where like I really did feel so threatened, mm-hmm. but uh, it that is unreasonable. Like it, from for me the the case that I come back to is Barbara Sheehan. Refresh my memory. She shot her husband while shaving. He was an ex-cop. And he uh, is accused of abusing her for years and years and years. And I guess they had uh, the, the her kids sort of like co-signing that. Her adult children who were in their 20s, 30s. And she shot him while he was shaving. Completely un- completely unexpected. Um, because she thought that someday he was going to be the death of her. Um, to me... That I, I do not see how, and, and and you know she was I believe she was acquitted and found guilty of the weapons charge and that was it. I mean, like I said, the answer is really whatever you can convince twelve people is what you really believed. So it isn't about like a reasonable person at that point. Well, it's I mean, about, it is, it's, it, it, I mean, it's not about a criminal mind, but it's about like well, she might have thought that, but a reasonable person. I don't see how a reasonable person could well, have thought see, that. Well, but you obviously then weren't on the jury because the jury would have been given that instruction. Okay. To deliberate. Okay. So, so when you say it's to to like decide if somebody has a criminal mind, that's really qualified. It, it would a reasonable person. Uh, it is weighed. But what's a reasonable person? Is a reasonable person somebody who's never forgot to pay their credit card? Is a reasonable person somebody who's never had one too many beers and driven home? Is what is a reasonable person? The problem I've always had with the reasonable well, person standard is it's sort of an objective standard utilized, or it's a subjective standard utilized to judge a subjective act under the pretense that it's somehow objective. And yet, you can say whether something's reasonable or not. It's sort of like pornography. You know, I know it when I see it. You I do, know an unreasonable thing when I see it. I know that that is not reasonable to think like, if I don't shoot him now, I'm going to be killed by mm-hmm. him. That is not reasonable. Well, to you. Well, yeah, well, to I mean, me, to me, but I yeah. mean, somebody else might feel differently. So, uh... So there, so there you have it. I and and I think that like when when these kind of um, defenses are raised, every time a woman kills and her it's husband, oftentimes my guess is is that it is inherently suspect. I mean, sometimes you literally have to throw out the case that you're given, and I mean, you do put forth the only viable thing you can think of. But I can see a circumstance where somebody was so psychologically battered and so afraid of somebody that they did this. I'm not sure that Barbara Sheehan, I, I vaguely remember that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that's certainly qualified. Um, and, and, and here's another thing. You know, I mean, I, I'm not sure that this particular case sounds like it qualifies, but we don't know very much about this case yeah, yet. Well, but we know very little about it, and, and we may never know very much probably about not. it. Probably um, not. But uh, there was another woman uh, who, had called our, who, who he had spoken to on the phone. Somehow she found out about it. Uh, she was in a jealous rage. And they they fought, and she stabbed him. And to me, like, well, that, that, it, that it, seems a little different. Yeah, I mean, that seems like that seems like premeditated jealousy, or not premeditated, but certainly reckless jealousy at that particular point. Right, but I mean, that's but then that again, is, if they did fought, who knows what stage of the fight they were in, who had the upper hand, and what her fears and threats were. So there may yet be an actually better self defense case than the battered women syndrome. Maybe in which so. case, then the battered women syndrome may be brought in to reinforce her mindset as why she thought in that immediate situation she was being killed. Yeah, I know. Which you think it would weaken it, actually, when you go like, well, how many times has he beat you non-fatally? 
Mm-hmm. But Many. Well, then why would you conclude it was not anything other than a standard beating? Well, that, that, you would certainly think that on a comedy podcast. Uh, that's a that's a real fine um, cliff to walk along when you're a district attorney trying to argue that. My main problem is that there's no defense. I mean, like, the, she could say that this guy said and did anything. There will never be a voice to contradict her. And though well, there, just there, like there, there is. There was there's a, a district attorney. There's, there's the district attorney who's trying the case. Yeah, but he wasn't there. She was well, to describe the scene. And here's the other thing. That's so often the case, though, in a murder. And then you can smear the the in the person's entire reputation. Well, but he's posthumously. Dead. Think he really cares? I Probably mean. very little, actually. Yeah, I mean, but it's 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 certainly seems like actually the best time to have your reputation smeared. Let me tell you something. If if that over there ever kills me, you better fucking get to the bottom of it. Me? Because it's not going to be me being abusive. I'll tell you that right now. Look mm. at that. Look, she's a stone cold killer. Yeah, she seems <laughs> it. I would like I would like to point that I believe it's Pat's wife that's in the room just in case you're wholeheartedly puzzled listening these to this are, right these now. These are Mandy Statmiller. I I'm I'm telling Jim that if I ever am murdered by you and and you try to come out with some kind of like abused for years defense, you know, and that I thought he was going to kill me, he's definitely I want him to help get you off. <laughs> I yeah, I, I want, <laughs> and and also, I also I want him to help like get you out of trouble with the law too. In addition to getting you off. Of all the guys that um you know I've dated and married and and whatnot, Pat is is the uh, least likely to do anything even in that uh, in that sphere. You know what I mean? And that is a large sampling. <laughs> shut the <laughs> shut up no it's not uh, thank you very much for saying that you're the best wife i've ever had you know first two women i married were were virgins and uh who saved themselves for marriage and and, and i thought well as two girls i've had who saved themselves for for marriage i think i'm saving my next marriage for a girl who really likes to fuck well news or mandy Statmiller. let's no right. uh i'm editing all this out none of this will go in the show so we're going to come back. We consider that an edit point, and we go, Jim Polk. Thanks so much for your time. Oh, happy to be now here. Now you, uh, uh, Mazzy and Polk, making justice work for you. And there's a phone number. Uh, no, yes. No, did, you, did you drop the slogan altogether? You stopped correcting me on it, and uh, and so I just want to make sure. If, if I say making justice work for you, d- does that hurt your cause? Not at all. I actually really like the slogan. And um, then you said helping justice yeah, work. Yeah, I didn't you. You like that one. That sounded tepid. That's how I feel. Yeah, I didn't making like making justice one. work for you is strong. Uh, and uh, but but I guess you you thought that that could be interpreted as a guarantee. Yeah, I mean it's it's I I still use making justice work for you. I don't mm. believe it's on the website anymore. We have something stupid now. It's an effective aggressive represent. I don't know something wankery. I just but it's you know something Mazzy came up with. Yeah yeah you know yeah I love Mazzy. She's uh she's the reason we have a firm. But at the same time, she's always a little concerned about things like ethics and keeping our licenses valid or something Ugh. like that. I know. Boy, I the worst but um no but it's uh no it's uh, so so keep saying it i like it put it out there you making, say it it's even better for me making justice work for you jim polk who is uh, a, a quality attorney and a uh he's somebody who can also uh, get you out of trouble when you did something that you shouldn't do the thing is about a lawyer a defense attorney you don't know you need it until it's too late right um well you don't know you need it um until no. you're already in trouble at the it, very least exactly. it's never too late it's never too late you can even switch. If you have a defense attorney you don't like right now and some kind of eight-way Santa case that the guy can't deal with, fucking Jim Poke is your guy. If you're listening to this, 
if you're one of the uh, one of the Osborne Park Five, <laughs> <laughs> the, the number is five one six something two eight zero nine zero three five two eight zero nine zero three five. Yes, how about that? Two eight zero nine four. Three five. You got it wrong again. Uh, and you can nine zero three five nine zero three five, and that's uh, Mazzy and Poke. Now, w- w- let's say that you uh, ha- have uh, done something, uh, and you live in the in the entire state of New York, even right, even upstate. Well, uh, I mean, I certainly have contacts all over. I will travel for a case. Uh, usually, it's prohibitively expensive. But I, see, here's the thing: you should rely on a reliable lawyer for for. Um, any kinds of referrals or things like that. We often keep a network of respectable people for our clients. We we usually um, are able to put you with the right person in your right area if we can't do it ourselves. Okay, now that is a service, uh, you know, that uh, is a very important thing. Because you know, when you're in, lo- in trouble with the law, you don't skimp on that. You, you, you go ahead and pay some money, and, and you're one of the most expensive. Um, I am uh, I am not the most expensive, but I, I charge a reasonable wage for the services you receive, and I've never really had anybody that dissatisfied with me at all. You, you don't want to go to prison, do you? Yeah, I mean, and it's and, and when I, you're right though. You one thing you should never skimp on is your lawyer. Uh, listen, thanks for your Patreon uh, contributions. Thanks for subscribing uh, on on uh, iTunes. It's very important that you subscribe. Listen all the time is great. Subscribing is better, and leave a comment. Leave a nice. Comment. Don't leave a fucking shitty comment. Don't give me a four-star review. Give me a five-star review. That's all I ask. Enjoy the show. Five-star review. And uh, and listening is the most important thing. So thank you for that. CrimeReport.nyc. Vote New York City Crime Awards at CrimeReport.nyc. Thank you one more time, Jim Poke. Happy to be here. And thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. The problem was is that like I was having such a heavy period and I was working so much at work. I'm editing all this out. And you are?